Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Chris here, and you are listening to a bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. In this bonus episode, Ray Hewart was a guest on the podcast Unlock the Middle, which airs every Sunday night at 8 p.m., where their host, Dean Packer, and Chris Starcheski talk to educators, and they explore and unlock all that is amazing about middle-level education. You can catch this show every night on Sunday, either on their Twitter channel, Unlock the Middle, or on their YouTube channel, Unlock the Middle, as well as their Facebook page. We really hope you enjoy the conversation Ray had with Dean and Chris, and really, really enjoy this bonus episode. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to our Sunday night video cast at Unlock the Middle, where we celebrate everything that is just super outstanding about middle-level education. My name is Dean Packard, and I'm the principal of Charlton Middle School, and alongside of me, I have my good friend and co-host, Principal Chris Starcheski of Dudley Middle School. Tonight's show will be streamed live on YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. We'd ask you if you would just join in with the conversation. Maybe tell us where you're from, who you are, and what you're doing here tonight. We've got a great show planned for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Chris, how are you tonight, my friend? It's great to see you. Sunday nights, you know they're my favorite time of the week. It's pretty awesome, Dean. Yeah, coming off a great weekend with the family. Got to have a little bit of downtime. Hopefully you had some of the same. Built some gingerbread houses today and watched a Hallmark movie a few minutes ago. Patriots played on Thursday night, so I had a little bit of Sunday time left. Uh, gearing up for a big week ahead, though. We got the push until the end of the school year. All the other educators out there across the country, you know, that Christmas break slash winter break, whatever it is we're going to call it, it can't come at a better time. Well, we're ready for that. You're absolutely, everybody's ready for that. No matter what you're doing, whether it's full remote, whether it's hybrid, whether you're in person, you know, I think all the educators out there that I know have worked harder than they've ever worked in their entire lives. And everybody needs to break, not only the teachers, but the kids and families do as well. So we're looking forward to that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're really looking forward to uh, digging in tonight and talking to yet another pioneer in the field of education. Chris, you know, we've actually touched upon this Teach Better team. Uh, this is like the trifecta tonight. We've had Hans Apple on, we've had Josh Stamper on, and, and yep. tonight we're bringing in Ray Hugot. So we're very excited and we're really going to dig down deep and figure out what we can get out of tonight's session. It's pretty exciting, man. Anytime we can bring an author in who's also a middle level educator and somebody who's out there and has a tremendous social media presence. It's always a great thing because we can learn how to be better from others. And we want to go ahead and set that example, but also set the tone for everybody in our circle to kick their game to the next level. What do you hey, say we bring Ray in? Number 25. Let's go. Let's build it. Bring All right, man. Here we go. Ray Hewitt is a middle-level math educator in Illinois, the CMO of the Teach Better team and author of Teachers Deserve It and Teach Better Books. After being inducted into the Illinois State University Hall of Fame in 2017, Ray was awarded the 2018 First Place Henry Ford Teacher Innovator Award for her innovative educational impact through the Teach Further model. Additionally, Ray serves on several educational boards, including the role of vice president with the Association of Illinois Middle Schools, known as Ames. Ray, how are you tonight? 
Guys, I am pumped. This is the best like way to get your energy on a Sunday night. My goodness. Well, Ray, we're we're happy that you're here. And you know, we've done a lot of research and watching you from what you do from Teach Better, but more importantly, looking through the lens and what you must do every single day in your school. So Ray, if you could go if you could for us, tell us a little bit about where you're from, what you do um, every day when you're working with kids. Talk about your school a little bit and talk about yourself. Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. My name's Ray. It's so good to see all of you commenting in the comments. Please make sure you continue to do that. I know we have a lot we're going to talk about tonight, but this is a live conversation intentionally, right? Dean, Chris, you guys want everybody to engage and be part of the conversation. So throw all your ideas, all your questions, all your comments in there. I love you guys are the best so far. This is so awesome. Um, I am Ray. I'm currently a full-time sixth grade math teacher. We are fully remote right now. So I get 150 sixth graders every single day. And we kind of have a funky classroom. I kind of dig it where, uh, where we blend like real world purpose, but you know, within our content and layer that in with a mastery framework that actually allows all my students to take on the role in a themed internship at their own pace, which is super duper fun. Can't wait to talk about all that jazz. And uh, additionally, I'm part of the Teach Better team. So I get to kind of work with students by day and then teachers by night and on weekends and all summer long. And, you know, it's just a, it's a great time. So it's been wonderful kind of like going through the experience of deciding you want to be a teacher and then becoming an educator and now being able to be on a part of stuff like this, like this is fabulous. Ray, I'm not gonna let you get away right now because I'm gonna talk about it. You just said a word that I need to know about as a principal. We're talking about themed internships. Now yes. I've been a principal for quite a while. That's the first time I've heard that phrase come out and it kind of made me just kind of say, whoa, wait a second. Let's hear, let's talk about this for a second. Sure. I love it. Um, Chris, you mentioned in my bio, the Teach Further model. That's where all this is sparked from. My students take on 25 different themed internships that are all sponsored by local or national organizations that not only bring the, my content to life by instilling the purpose at the forefront of our instructional time, but also allowing my students to really get a deep dive into a career field that they might enjoy or identifying a characteristic that they might have within themselves that could help drive them to finding their passion in life. That is awesome. Sixth grade. Generally, we look at that in seventh and eighth, but why not at the age of 11? I actually think it should be happening even earlier. I would love to, I've seen that happen beautifully in first and second grade classrooms. Obviously, I've seen it in middle school, high school. I think it's so exciting for me to not only talk about education, but to see other teachers then take those ideas, take those resources and make it their own. And now we're building communities that are supportive of our schools and supportive of our students' success. And I think that's a beautiful partnership. Win-win. And you think about the, the putting purpose behind the learning and making those real world connections. You know, we, we can do that through, you know, project-based learning and, and other thematic-based experiences. We can bring those types of pieces in. Uh, but, you know, in terms of connecting with kids and uh, understanding them to the level that you do to give them that connected purpose. Talk a little bit more about how you're connecting with your kids during this pandemic and how they're understanding the higher purpose of learning. You know, there's so many different ways we connect in our classrooms, right? Like we can talk about connections with our students. We can talk about our students' connection with the content. We can talk about our connections with colleagues. All of this doesn't go away just because we're learning in a remote setting. 
So I actually have changed uh, my instruction over the past few years to be excessively feedback driven. It's really focused on conversation. And that helped me a lot as the world turned upside down for remote learning and then hybrid learning and then back to remote learning as we've all done this sing song and dance with our students every single day seemingly this year because the conversations that I was able to practice having in the classroom by facilitating a mastery classroom that allowed my students to work at their own pace, explore, and then get feedback, check in on their understanding, have those aha moments, be able to celebrate. Those are all things, honestly, I'm just doing virtually. So a lot of my instruction hasn't changed, but I think that's because this concept of finding a right routine that can support both you and the student in the classroom should be something that can translate both digitally and, you know, in person. So if I was like to break down a class hour, like obviously I'll see my kiddos tomorrow. We always start with a five to six minute teacher time. I used to call this a mini lesson, but to be honest, guys, this is this is my time. This is the only time I get as the teacher the whole time. I can do relationship building. I can talk about a common question I've been getting. We can go over a problem. Like I get to decide what that five minutes looks like. And then then my students like raise their hand nicely and they're like, Miss Hewer, your time's up. It's time for us now. And they go straight to work. So their experience is that they're working through a self-paced framework that's allowing them to explore and practice and engage with content. And then throughout that time, there's check-ins, there's conferences that I get to do. So I actually get to sit on a Google Meet for the entire class hour and just organically help students that are coming in, confirm understanding and kind of encourage them forward. So I really love that. And then we all end with the last five minutes of goal setting and reflection where students actually get to reflect on what they did for the day and set a goal for themselves. And that gets shared with me. So I have that documentation. So I know exactly where they're picking up the following day. And it's also shared with their parents. So their parents get kind of a three to five minute narrative of what class looked like today, which is kind of fun. So when you, do, when you do a scope and sequence to ensure that you're hitting on the standards that your, your state says that you have to do, right. um, do you feel comfortable that the, the children as facilitators of their own learning can get to the depth of understanding of those standards as you move forward? Oh, I can ensure that it is deeper than ever before. My, my yeah. classroom before I found Mastery Learning was still engaging. It was still fun. I still had incredible relationships with students, but I was always talking at them. And the reality is, guys, we're not better than YouTube. And if you can ask Alexa what the answer is, it's probably not something you need to be sharing. And so my students have done a lot of work where they're provided a copious amount of resources they get to explore, they get to engage not only with the content, but with each other. And then they come to me just to be like, hey, is this is this right? Am I understanding this? And I get to then be the coach and help them or be the cheerleader and celebrate them. And then we both work together to determine next steps. It's a really, really fun partnership. I have a feeling, I'm sorry, Chris, because I know you want to ask a question because this intrigues me greatly because this is the next step. And this is what I think everybody should be looking at through a lens, especially right now, as we're changing through the pandemic and what teaching should look like. Um, I bet, here's a question for you, that every camera is on when you're teaching. Okay, so here's the deal. You know that cameras is a hot topic. How dare you ask me that 10 minutes into this call, I'm sorry, right? Sorry, I had to ask. You know what, I won't lie to you. Like, we've had so many discussions about cameras and I don't mean to not answer your question, but I think the issue is that teachers are getting stuck right now on the what versus the why. And I have had a lot of conversations, a lot about, well, my cameras aren't on. 
And rather than focusing on how we can get those cameras on, I want to first talk about why they need to be on for you as an educator. What are you trying to see? Well, when you ask a teacher that, they're like, Ray, let me tell you, I want to see their eyes. I want to see their eyebrows. I want to see their facial expressions. I want to hear the tone in their voice. And then when we start there, then we can find solutions. Because while most of the solution of that is, okay, cool, let's figure out how to get their cameras on. The other solution is, okay, but what other things can we do to get those cues from students? And so all students, yes, all the time, to be honest, in conferencing, have their cameras on and they unmute themselves and share their voice. And that's because I've worked to explain with them as partners in learning that the only way for me to really confirm you understand this is for us to truly engage together. And if we choose to engage together, then we might actually only engage for like three to five minutes. Sometimes we engage for 11 minutes, but it's just the questions that I need to ask you to confirm your understanding. And once I believe you get it, you're good to go. And then the cameras aren't going to be on anymore. So you mean that compliance and accountability to have the camera on just like homework compliance and accountability has been done for years gets every kid to do every homework assignment i really have this philosophy wow. with middle school people and you guys know this like your students like can do what you're asking them if you include them in the process so my students know why i need the cameras on my students know why i need to hear their voice and now that they know that it's not a big deal yeah, that, you know, ensuring that you explain and engage them in that conversation to help them acknowledge the why it's important as opposed to I'm the teacher. I said so. Mom and dad said so. It doesn't work all the time. Causes lots of issues, really. Well, and to be honest, guys, I was like the worst student ever. So I lived being the kid that if you were like, hey, you have this homework assignment, I was going to find every way to not do it. And see, you know, too, Chris, right? You're like me, too. So with that being said, I get it. And I think it's more fun when we involve them, too, because I won't lie. I've come up with many a plans that then the students tweaked and made even better. So if I hadn't included them, then it would have been a mediocre experience versus an awesome one by having 11 year olds share their opinion. Ray, let me ask you this. In your district, are you on a solo island by yourself or you do grade level uh, planning together with scope and sequence and best practices or is it district wide? What does it look like from, from your lens? Yeah, so I'm in a district of 24 buildings. It's a fairly large wow. district. Wow. Um, there's four middle schools and there's about two sixth grade math teachers that teach my content in every building. So okay. we are very much like mainstream throughout the district. We have common assessments we have to use. We have a pacing guide, scope and sequence we need to use. And, you know, just because I teach with a little bit of a different system with a different hat on my head than some of the other teachers I work with doesn't mean we don't plan together. It doesn't mean we don't collaborate together. It doesn't mean we don't compare data together. That's how teaching should be. Like right. you can choose to do what you need to do in your classroom, but collaboration is essential in education. So true. So true. Well, anyway, I really want to shift gears a little bit. You know, you're, you're a middle, middle level educator. You've gotten yourself out there with the Teach Better team, which we're going to talk about in a little while. I really want to get under the hood a little bit about you as an author. Teachers deserve it and teach better. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about the thematic development that went through and you to become, a, become an author. And what is it in these books that everybody needs to know without reading everything cover to cover? No, you know, these two books are so different. I was so lucky um, when I joined the Teach Better team. It consisted of four educators that were just doing incredible things. 
And when we got started on this book, it was really just supposed to be a stepping off point, another way to reach educators. The Teach Better team does so much, we can talk about later, ways to like have people have find a kind of their first step into engaging with something that is in the Teach Better family. The book was a great kind of like door into the family. Um, every single chapter is how to do something better. So if you grab the book, you can kind of like pick the chapters you want, the areas that you're looking to grow in. Some of it has to do with mindset. Some of them has to do with instructional practices. Some of them have to do with like classroom management. But I really loved this book and I won't lie to you, this was a real big driving um, project for my co-authors. I was fortunate enough to be one of four authors on this book. And while it was such an honor to be able to share my story because each individual author got into education in drastically different ways. So that kind of made our stories that we brought to the book very different. You'll say you'll see a lot of narratives of storytelling in this book as well as tactical and strategic takeaways. Uh, but truly like I got to be a passenger in that project. It was so amazing to learn. Um, growing up, I was SLD in reading, writing, and math. And so when I told my grandmother who tutored me for 18 years that I was writing a book, she like laughed yeah. in my face. Um, but don't worry, I gave her a signed copy. She got both books. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but the book was really an experience. And then um, finally, I feel like I got my voice. I feel like I really finding, like trying to find what I cared about in education. Um, I got to connect with so many other authors and one of the educators that I was fortunate enough to befriend was Adam Welcome, who was one of the co-authors of Kids Deserve It. Obviously yeah. a very, very popular book. Wonderful read if you guys haven't picked it up. And I was at a conference with him over dinner. We tell this story all the time. He leaned over and he's like, hey, I want to write a book called Teachers Deserve It. And I'm like, oh, how many people are you asking? <laughs> I was like, am I one of 50 that you're... He's like, no, I want to write the book with you. And I'm like, okay, so what's the book about? And he's like, well, I want to create a book of everything teachers deserve. And I'm like, that book sounds awful. I don't want to write that at all. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like a complaining book. This sounds like we're going to rip on admin. And it sounds like we're going to hate on unit office. And I you know, talk about how parents are horrible. I'm like, I do not want to write that book. He's like, well, then let's change the narrative. So the entire book actually ended up being one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on. Not to say that the Teach Better book, I love the Teach Better book, but the Teachers Deserve a book hit like very, very close to home. Every single chapter goes through ideas of what teachers deserve. And we spend the beginning of each chapter talking about why teachers deserve these incredible things like collaborative partners. Teachers deserve to wear jeans. We have like incredible, funny things that we go through. But what I really appreciate about how Adam and I were able to structure the book was that we then shape, like shifted the narrative to saying, yes, you can make all these proclamations of what you think teachers deserve, but it all starts with teachers. And so we really go through strategies that we want all educators, not just classroom teachers, not just administrators, but everybody in that educational ecosystem. What steps can you take today to get us a little bit closer to what we deserve? And my hope my hope is that this book is like irrelevant in five to 10 years. My hope is that you open up the pages of Teachers Deserve It and you're like, teachers deserve respect. That's the most respected profession ever. Who wrote this garbage? Like, that's what I want. So really, really fun book. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, congratulations for being an amazing role model for kids and other educators. You know, you've, it sounds like you've had a lot of adversity to overcome academically. You know, having an SLD is very challenging in itself, but then to be able to overcome it 
become an educator, get to the caliber of educator that you are, and help support educators to be better by writing books and being a part of the Teach Better team. I mean, just, wow. I appreciate that. We'll ask more about that later and where that's going to lead you next. But, you know, as I, as I think about, you know, what you're just saying right now and how could, parent, how could people get your book if they wanted to? Could you just give a quick shout out where they can find it? Yeah, um, you can grab it at teachbetter.com, but it's probably easier on Amazon. You can see uh, Teach Better was written by Chad Ostrowski, Tiffany Ott, Jeff Gargas, and myself. And then you'll also be able to find Teachers Deserve It, which was with Adam Welcome and myself. So really great books, very different narratives. And I, you know, they're both very much full of stories of our life. So it's not only a book where you can learn a lot about education, hopefully take a lot away for yourself as the reader, but also learn a little bit about other people's journeys in education, which I thought was always fun. There's a lot of a lot of secrets in there, guys. I don't know if you like, I don't know if you know this, but like, I feel like I wrote the book not really thinking people were going to read it. And then you like see it published and you're like, I just put that story out in the world. Like people don't even <laughs> know that about me. <laughs> That's okay. That's real though. And that's authentic. And, uh, and actually sure. someone's just getting into the, into the field. It's a good thing to do. I mean, we're, we're just waiting for unlock the middle to be written, Chris. We got about another 40 episodes and we're going to do that right up. Right. So we'll wait and see how that all comes out. You um, let me know when you need someone to like endorse it. Like I'm, I'm game. You let me all know. Right, deal. Awesome, deal. Sounds great. Um, so let's <laughs> talk a little bit about teach better. Okay. So you're this math teacher. You're just plugging along. You're doing your thing. You're making connections. You're out, you're creating relationships relationships with kids and all of a sudden the opportunity for the teach better team comes knocking. What does that look like? Why don't you just take us through that journey? Oh, you want the real story? Yeah, and and we fall, I follow you. you pop on my, my, my Twitter all the time when you come on. I'd like to say I watch every single one, but it's almost impossible. But I do get back and I take a look at them once in a while. So yeah, take us through the journey. Yeah. So I was uh, getting my master's as a second year, third year teacher. And um, I was a credit short of graduating and I was ticked off because I just wanted to graduate with my master's and get that pay increase. And uh, my university was like, well, you need one more class. And I'm like, sign me up for whatever's available. It was like right at the end of like the sign up period. I'm like, get me in a course. And they signed me up for a technology course. And the first assignment was to make a social media account. And I'm like, I hate social media. Don't make me do it. But for the sake of the grade, I signed up for Twitter and started following people. And who do you follow first? Well, if you're not sure and you're watching, go follow people that you already engage with, just not on social media, like authors, publishers, people that work in your communities. That's where I started. I followed Dave Burgess, who at the time wrote one of my, you know, favorite books of education. Yeah, it's great. And uh, he also is connected to other great people. So I'm like, cool, he's my guy. And he asked me to host a chat, TLAP chat. And I'd never hosted a chat before. So I was hosting, I was very nervous. And I connected with, at the time, a company called The Grid Method, which has later rebranded to be the Teach Better team. And I thought they wanted to sell me something. I was like, just to confirm, I'm like, a teacher with no money, like I'm used to this, <laughs> you want to connect with me. And uh, long story short, we end up forming a beautiful partnership. And I, that was the day, that was the year I connected with Jeff and Chad, who, you know, were trying to change the world. And it was so inspiring to connect with two guys in Ohio on Twitter who just like had these big audacious dreams. And I'm like, sign me up. I have big audacious dreams. So uh, the team has grown a ton since that point. But I'm honored to be involved with a organization that's truly rooted in just trying to be helpful. I think that that is really, it speaks 
you know, volumes for, for the amazing people I get to work with every day. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's phenomenal. You know, so how would you encourage people to engage in social media and expand their PLNs? What's the risk they have to take? And what's the direction that those social media resistors need to get over? And what's the reward at the end? Because the PLN is everything. The PLN is everything. Guys, I truly do have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. Like we were talking about books earlier. I think in both books, I was like, hey, I hate Twitter, just so you guys know. But honestly, I mean, I don't. It's just, it's a difficult medium for me. I mean, Chris, you talked about being SLD. I can't really, I don't read well. Um, I, I consume 90, 85% of my content via audio. I listen to emails. Like Dean, you were emailing me about this podcast. I wasn't reading your emails. I was listening to them. So Twitter is a really hard medium for me because it's all text-based. Yeah. Um, but it's changed my life. I mean, I met my best friends who we've since grown a beautiful company together. I connect with educators continuously. They fill my calendar now. We get to coach and talk constantly. And my publisher, my both of my books, I wrote with Dave Burgess, who, like I just said, was my first follow I ever had on Twitter because I was reading his content and then got to connect with him you know, on a personal level. So PLNs have not only changed my life, but they are changing lives of educators everywhere. And if you're listening right now and you're choosing to live on educator like Isolation Island, that is a choice. And we have to own the choices we have. And there is so much out there that teachers are sharing for free. Don't go spend money. Make free accounts. It's a completely free way to connect with people. And just start your journey. And the easiest way is to think about what's your goal? What are you trying to get out of it? Throw that in your bio and start following somebody that you respect and then follow the people they follow. Because if you respect them, they probably follow people you'd also respect. Well, Twitter's PD on steroids. I said that you can do that on a Saturday yeah. morning. You could do it on a Thursday night, a Tuesday right. morning. It doesn't matter when. You can do it anytime you want. I mean, we've had Dave Burgess on. He's a phenomenal speaker. And he, yeah. his energy just lit up the room. So yeah, that's who he is. And that's what he brings to the table every day. So and that's that's incredible with the PLNs. And I agree 100%. Well, and every platform's different, right? Like you have to think about if you're thinking about getting on social media, what do you want to get out of it and what's going to be easiest for you? So if, for example, if you're not a text-based reader, then getting on Twitter is going to be hard and that's okay. You can still make a Twitter account, but if it's easier to go visual, then try Instagram first. Like it's okay to not be on everything and be everywhere, but find something, try something, and then choose to ask questions. Whether you're reaching out to Chris, Dean, myself, somebody on the Teach Better team, like we help people grow their PLNs all the time. I love connecting people. Um, so that's a great place to start. So Ray's going to give us a shout out afterwards. Say, follow Chris and Dean on Unlock the Middle. And we'll watch yeah. our followers go through the roof because Ray said that. I know that's going to happen. Um, well, I, no promises, but I have reached out. <laughs> I was so excited to talk to you guys. That, that's awesome. Hey, um, let's talk a little bit about your Teach Better podcast. Yeah. So give me one or two that have really stuck with you where you just got onto a topic or started talking to somebody and you said, oh my God, I'm so excited that I did this. My gosh, there's been so many guys. I fangirl hardcore with these educators. You know, there's so many things the Teach Better team does. They publish blogs, they publish podcast episodes. There's a podcast network, a speakers network. There's online courses, there's professional development, blah, 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 blah. I love the podcast. I'm a little biased, but I love the podcast because it's it's honestly my professional development. Like just right. this format here, like getting to talk to you guys is so good. This is how I love consuming content. So 
the podcast has been wonderful that I get to co-host with Jeff Gargas, which is Teach Better Talk Podcast. I'd say that, so we've done over like 235 episodes. So there's been incredible guests. For whatever reason, my two favorite episodes were like within the first 30, which I know sounds horrible because we've, oh my God, the people have been outstanding. But one that I always love is when I was able to interview Dr. Neil Gupta, who I know is a middle school guy with us. And I still to this day, he's one of my great, great friends. And um, talking shop with him was incredible. And one of my favorite things who's able to answer was our question six, uh, what's your best piece of advice you've ever received? And he says to have the heart of a marshmallow and the skin of an armadillo. I'm like, that's funny. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was absolutely interviewing Lavana Roth. I am such a geek for Lavana. I know you guys know her. I'm such a nerd. I'm all Lavana all day long. <laughs> hey, tell me about this um, daily drop that hits my phone once in a while too. What's that all about? You know, uh, that's a a really interesting story. But um, you know, as the world was shutting down that weekend of March 13th, we had this huge team get together planned. We were flying in all 16 members of the Teach Better team from around the country, and we were flying them into one location in downtown Chicago. We had activities. We had a scavenger hunt around the city, a photographer, all got canceled, right? So the problem was, is that Jeff, Chad, and I went to Chicago a day early to prepare. So everything got canceled, but we were still stuck in the city together. And we decided to have this meeting to kind of go through what our plan was for 2020 as it seemingly was all shutting down. And one of the things that we were trying to brainstorm through for hours was, how do you support educators through a pandemic that none of us can predict? And the, we kind of just did what the Teach Better team does, is we tried to be as accessible as possible. So since March, uh, we went all the way through the end of May and then did it again in August and obviously now as well. The team is live every single morning at 8.30 Eastern uh, for an hour more uh, just to answer questions. We bring on guests to share perspective and it's really just a live conversation. Very similar to this format, guys, where people are just talking shop, sharing in the comments, asking questions. And we really just wanted to be there for our family. You know, we really, um, I feel very protective over the Teach Better family. It's a collection of thousands and thousands of educators that just want to do their best work. And if we can be available for them, sign me up, sign me up. Love the family aspect of it and love the commitment to, you know, bettering the field of education and, you know, cycling back to the book, uh, you know, the ideas in there, if they do become antiquated and we get to that level, you know, of professional respect and everybody understands that educators think about things differently and uh, are innovative, uh, goal achieved. Uh, but before we get to the what's next down the road, I'm just thinking about that, you know, the Twitter chat and, you know, Dave Burgess asked you to be able to go ahead and be a host. Um, talk a little bit about mastery chat, hashtag mastery chat. What's that all about? And and what could an educator learn from getting involved in it? Yeah, so Mastery Chat's another like it's another way to get involved in the Teach Better team. Like I said earlier, there's kind of a thousand different ways depending on the type of learner you are and how you like to engage with your content. Mastery Chat is something that we do every single week. It was created by one of my best friends, Tiffany Ott, and we have Mastery Chat every single Thursday at seven o'clock Central, eight o'clock Eastern. Different host every single week. Um, and it's all just around creating a safe space to have a conversation. Um, we actually are in the midst, as I'm sure you guys know as principals, we're in the midst of setting goals for 2021 of how we can continue to connect 
and support and inspire our network. Those are kind of our three pillars that we really are building everything off of as a team. And one of the things with Mastery Chat are truly the main goal I wrote down in my notes from our Friday meeting was add value. We just want to create a space where hopefully you as an educator can pop in. It's an hour long chat and we just talk shop. And the goal of that is to share as many tools, resources, and ideas as humanly possible and hopefully connect to grow your PLN and um, continue to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday and a little bit better tomorrow than you were today. Awesome. Ray, here's your question for you. It's the million dollar question, okay? Um, what's next for you? Where, where do you think you want to be five years from now? Okay, you're a pioneer right now. You're carving out paths. You are, you're, you're at a young stage in your career. I mean, from the classroom to where? You know, I, I love the path I'm on. And, and I won't lie to you, it used to terrify me that I didn't know where I was going. And now years into kind of, loving that every year has just gotten better and better. I I don't know where I'm going to be in the next five to 10 years, but I do know that I really, really, really need to be with the Teach Better family. I cannot express to you. I mean, the comments have been so nice. We've been like, oh, Ray's so generous. Like, I cannot express to you how much I get out of this experience. Like, I am so much better because of the people that I'm around. And so whether I'm with the Teach Better team, traveling, speaking, doing professional development, live on camera. I, I have no idea where I'll be, but I, I do know that this is what I love. And you know, people say that if you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. Like I think that's a lie. I work every day and it's work, but I love my work, love the work that I'm able to do. And so I see myself five to 10 years doing work I love. And I think that that is like a super good goal for us all to have, whether you're a classroom teacher, an administrator, or anything in between, like make sure when you look at your calendar, it's full of stuff you love. Well, you've stepped out of a comfort zone, which I give you credit for, because leaving something that you can control into a world that is unknown and making something of it, that talks a lot about self-growth and mm -hmm. taking risks. And we talk about it in our buildings all the time with our staff. We want our teachers to take risks. We want them to do things that they never thought they could do before. And we try to empower them to get them to that level. Uh, two last quick ones, okay? Name two people that have impacted you the most about your journey. This is about the middle marvel now. We're combining the two. So I told you, we're going to get a double bang for our buck tonight. All right. Two people. The Two people have impacted my... Have impacted years. you to get you where you are today. Oh, my gosh. This is... Okay, but you can't tell them. Well, they um, won't hear. They're not listening, so don't worry about it. I hope not. Okay, so I, I will have to go with my grandmother. She tutored me for my entire upbringing, and I thank every day that I don't have to be tutored by her anymore. So shout out Sima Brown, with the best person on the planet. She can know I talked about her. And then, guys, Chad Orshowski, him introducing me to mastery learning and the grid method, I don't like to tell him this because he already has a big enough head about how cool he is, but <laughs> I don't... I don't, I could never go back. Like he changed, he changed my life. Wow. I, I am so thankful for the experience that I now have time to talk to kids. Like that's why I'm an educator. It's not because of the math. It's because I get to hang out with like kids and talk to them. And he gave me time and that's what I needed. 
He gave you the opportunity. You made the choice to make the change, which well, is I'm, huge. I'm don't, ever, don't ever forget that. Well. We say that to educators all the time. You mm -hmm. make that choice to be the best that you can be. Last question. Somebody entering the field today, what are you telling them? How are you getting them through not only this pandemic, but through their first year of educating yeah. students? There we go. That's super easy. Uh, grow a PLN, like without a doubt. I had shoulder surgery last July and there was this doctor that walked in that had to give me a shot. And I'm, I'm not kidding, the needle was like 15 miles long and he looked terrifying and I was crying like a child. And I was like, please don't bring that near me. And he was like, Ray. And he looked at me like I was like this five-year-old that I've been acting like I was, even though I was clearly an adult. Um, and she was like, Ray, I've had patients in worse shape than you, and I've had patients in more pain than you. I got you. You'll be fine. And that's really how I feel about every educator right now. Like, join the family. Join the network. We got you. You'll be fine. That's great advice. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. And we'll we'll be sure not to let Chad Ostrowski know that he was mentioned. Uh, yeah, we know. We're, gonna, we're going after him next. Uh, we want him on. We, we, want, we want to blow him up even more. But I think that's <laughs> a... The most important element is up on the screen now is uh, don't be an island in that first year. And, oh. you know, certainly not in your first few years. You, Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> we want to make sure that we, we, we build connections and that we influence others and be influenced by them. We, we certainly need to uh, get rolling uh, with, with that type of mentality, uh, especially nowadays. Well, steer us home, Chris. This is, your, this is your, uh, what you do best right now. Watch him go. <laughs> well, Ray, um, Sunday night, I'm bad, So I think one of the biggest takeaways tonight, Ray, is, is number one, you know, pursuing your passions and identifying ways that you can find deep and significant meaning in the work that you do yeah. in order to continually recycle and reinvent and reinvest uh, the, the excitement and enthusiasm in your kids and in your colleagues. Um, you are a breath of fresh air. You were, uh, you know, an absolute, uh, rock star of a guest on unlock the middle, but also, you know, middle Marvel. We got to get Marvel. you We're gonna make a middle Marvel Marvel 25 um, <laughs> intriguing information about the teach further model, yeah. you know, the thematic instruction, being able to engage the kids with their, their self-paced learning, be able to focus on feedback mechanisms. Yeah. I learned so much from you that I've known in the background, but man, is Monday morning going to be a great day for me getting back into the swing and in the building. So, hey, everybody out there. Well, well, before you go, I'm putting this in my weekly e-news next week for my staff to break this down and listen to it because I think yeah. it'll give some great talking points. So go I ahead. Think so finish well. up, Chris. I stepped on your toes again. Nah, that's all right. He tells me to finish up and then he comes in with another I thought just can't before stop. I finish up. Like, come on, man. All right. But that's all right. We're in good shape. But uh, Ray, uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. As always, everybody out there in Unlock the Middle Land, be sure to check us out on our website. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Watch the replays of the old episodes and build your PLN. We'd love to be a part of yours. We'll see you all on Tuesday night with a great Middle North California. Segment. We're taking that car and driving out to the West Coast. There we'll we go. Be ready. California, here we come. <laughs> we'll be doing that from cold and snowy Dudley, Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> going All live. Hey, everybody, have a great night. Work hard, be better, stay strong, and as always, just keep on chugging.